Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. And good morning on a beautiful Wednesday morning. It's July 7th. My name is Nick Medelsky, the Listener Relationship Coordinator for Real Presence Radio here in the Rochester area. And we are broadcasting live from St. James Coffee in Rochester, Minnesota. And I'm joined here with... Father Jason Kern. I'm the Vocations Director for the Diocese of Winona, Rochester. I live in Winona, uh, but I'm over in Rochester this morning as well. And this kind of cloudy, rainy morning, but yet still beautiful here at St. James Coffee. And so we're excited to be with you this morning. Absolutely, and you don't have to just listen to the two of us chat back and forth. Uh, We have a wonderful guest joining us today uh, to talk to us a little bit about the Most Holy Eucharist. And last month, June, uh, not, yeah, June was the month of the Holy Eucharist, right? And July traditionally is also the month of the precious blood so kind of we have a a twofer going on we do and the bishops of the country have been discussing eucharistic coherence and all these questions about what is how how do we receive jesus properly what is our understanding of how to approach the most holy sacrament of the altar and so we're blessed to have a bishop uh here with us today and i'll let you introduce him nick uh so bishop david kagan from the diocese of bismarck north dakota is joining us on the phone this morning good morning bishop how are you good morning how are you guys we are doing very well it's a it's you know great to be able to be with you and to talk about the most blessed sacrament, the Eucharist. And so thank you so much for just your time and your willingness to to share with us some of your own insights, reflections around this beautiful discussion. Well, thank you for having me. Excellent. So uh, as we said this morning, we're talking about the Holy Eucharist, and it's called the source and summit of our Catholic faith. Now. Uh, Many of our listeners probably have an idea of what that means, but uh, could you explain that a little bit for those who might not know what that means, those words source and summit? Yes. Well, uh, the fathers of uh, the Second Vatican Council uh, used that uh, exact expression, the source and summit of our lives. Uh, But uh, that reference goes back to the patristic period, the uh, sub-apostolic fathers uh, of the the Church, those fathers of the Church who had known or had been disciples of uh, one of uh, our Lord's Twelve Apostles, uh, particularly St. Ignatius of Antioch, preached and, and wrote, they, they were uh, very focused on what was it that uh, made these Christians distinctive from uh, others in society, and what was it that uh, formed them into uh, a community. And uh, Ignatius of Antioch, among uh, so many of those sub-apostolic and other fathers of the Church after them, uh, they focused on uh, the Holy Eucharist. Uh, And 
uh, as time went on, it just became part and parcel of Catholic doctrine and Catholic theology uh, over the course of the centuries that uh, the Holy Eucharist uh, is what makes us members of the body of Christ, unites us to Christ, obviously, and animates us in our lives of imitating Christ. And, I mean, it's, it's a beautiful way of expressing uh, what the Holy Eucharist uh, does for you, for me, for the Church itself, when we are properly disposed uh, to participate and receive our Lord, body, blood, soul, and divinity in, in Holy Communion. There's always that very personal dimension where you and I, uh, again, properly disposed to receive our Lord in Holy Communion. When we do so, uh, the, the graces and the benefits are, are tremendous for us, uh, each of us uh, as uh, Catholics, but there's, uh, as with every sacrament, there is the communal dimension, that when we receive our Lord in Holy Communion, along with our other brothers and sisters, uh, it's an outward expression of uh, our full belief in and uh, our being united with the Church and with one another uh, in faith, and in hope, and in charity. And so uh, it's, it's difficult, you know, uh, to, uh, for any Catholic uh, rightly disposed to try and separate the personal and the communal dimension of the Holy Eucharist or any of the other seven, uh, six sac seven sacraments, because each of the sacraments has that same uh, personal and communal dimensions uh, when they're properly uh, disposed to receive them. And so it, it, the Holy Eucharist being the source and the summit of our very lives as Catholics, uh, we, we need to believe that, and we need to actually live that uh, uh, unconditionally. Uh, and uh, to do anything otherwise uh, is not being true to Christ, nor to his church, and nor to our own faith. And so it's, uh, it's just at, at the heart of who we are uh, Amen. as Catholics. Bishop, thank you. That is a, a beautiful articulation of uh, what we believe and, and, and what it means, right? That we have to live this out. We have to live it out in relationship with God as we enter into that communion with Him. But then we also live it out in relationship to one another as the body of Christ, right. members of His mm -hmm. living body. You know, and, and as you said, it's the body, blood, soul, and divinity. We know this by, uh, by faith and by understanding that's the Catholic teaching. Uh, but, right. you know, it's not just a sign, not just a symbol, not just an idea no. about Jesus or a picture you put on the mantle to say, oh, there's a, we remember that he did this for us, like an image mm -hmm. of the crucifix or something, but it, it's really, truly him. And so how do we explain that Catholic belief to, the, to others who might think it is just a sign or might not quite understand that it's, you know, not just a symbol, but there's something truly, really present that God himself makes himself present to us in Holy Communion. How do we explain that to others? Would you, would you articulate well, that? Well, you know, uh, uh, all of this, of course, begins with uh, 
faith. And uh, I, I've always tried to explain it this way to, uh, to people. Um, there is just so much human understanding can grasp uh, on its own without faith. But with faith, what we understand, we are then able to put into practice. And uh, for those who have a difficulty, see, that's, again, it goes back to the Holy Eucharist being the source and the summit of our lives as, as Catholics. If it's the source and the very summit of our lives, then when we receive our Lord in Holy Communion, we should be fully uh, united with him in our thoughts, words, and actions, and therefore the example we give others doesn't contradict what we've just received or who we've just received. So, you know, uh, reason itself uh, won't satisfy uh, for an explanation of the Holy Eucharist. It's faith uh, infused with an understanding of who Jesus is and who we are in relation to him that I think helps uh, in explaining to others who perhaps have no knowledge whatsoever of the Holy Eucharist or have just a wrong understanding of what it is, I think that that's the best way of trying to explain to others, but it, it's incumbent upon us who receive our Lord in Holy Communion to not just, in, in one sense, receive Him, but then uh, by what we say and what we do, uh, manifest Christ to others, uh, I, you know, and I, yeah. often enough I speak to people about this, I said, think in terms of as you or I come to receive our Lord in Holy Communion, consider that as we consume Him, body, blood, soul, and divinity, He's consuming us with His life and His love mm. and sending us to others to help them do what we do. Right. Yeah, you know, and, uh, you know, it, it requires more than any amount of explanation. It requires real faith. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's not impossible. We just have to be open and responding to the promptings of God the Holy Spirit. My name is... Uh, <laughs> sorry to interrupt you there, Bishop. That's uh, yours. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Uh, my name is Nick Medelsky, and I am joined by uh, Father Jason Kern here. We are broadcasting live from St. James Coffee here in Rochester, Minnesota, and we're talking with Bishop David Kagan, the Bishop of the Diocese of Bismarck, on the phone about the Most Holy Eucharist. Bishop just gave us a beautiful explanation of how when we receive our Lord in faith, he also then we're brought into him, right? We're brought into communion with God, not just as a sort of um, a spiritual reality, but as, as, a, as a reality that transforms us by grace, that gives us the understanding that we really do become one with him, uh, not just 
as an idea, but as a reality and a spiritual mystical reality. And so, Bishop, thank you for the beautiful descriptions. Uh, you know, we talk about our faith is so important. Well, faith comes also through revelation, right? And uh, our mm-hmm. belief in the Eucharist rooted in the sacred scriptures that our Lord uh, taught us, taught his apostles that this is his body given up. This is his blood exactly. poured out. And, and in John 6, we think of uh, the beautiful teaching that Jesus gives that uh, he makes very clear that it's not just a symbol or a sign. Uh, right. That he, that it's really giving. his body and his blood. And, yes. you know, uh, without it, we do not have life in us. Mm. You know? And that's the truth. You either have to believe that or you don't believe it. But it's not up for debate, you know. Right. And, you know, I think about the beautiful chapter of John 6 that, you know, I've had the privilege to walk with people as they're trying to either come into the church or, you know, as they're discerning, you know, how do I understand all this and what does it all mean for my life? Um, And, uh, you know, when we read John 6 with them, they realize that the Eucharist is, is... really truly Jesus, that they can go there and approach our Lord not just under an idea of uh, a spiritual prayer or kind of lifting their heart up to him, but they get to receive him in in a real uh, reality, the real presence of our Lord and Savior in the Most Holy Eucharist. And so, uh, you know, I I often will pray with them and say, let's read this together and then look at what our our Lord actually said, where it's, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood... You do not have life within you. And so I think about that beautiful teaching um, and the importance and beauty of the Eucharist that flows into our lives. I want to kind of turn to then as we talk about the scriptures, we know that it's rooted there and we can read them and understand that our Lord himself taught us this. And uh, we'll talk more about this after break uh, here in a minute. But the importance and the beauty of the Mass as the celebration of the Eucharist. How can we look at the Mass and understand it both as it's rooted in scripture and also uh, as it continues to be the celebration of of our Lord's uh, true presence in the Eucharist? Well, again, we we have to remember the Mass itself is steeped uh, in sacred scripture, the Old and the New Testaments, but most especially our focus at every Mass is on what the Church has constantly taught, and that is it is the representation in unbloody form of the sacrifice of Calvary, which began at the Last Supper. And so, in the Last Supper, at the Last Supper, Jesus perfected the Passover rites of the Old Testament with his very body and blood. He's the, he's the definitive lamb of sacrifice who, uh, through the shedding of his blood, uh, saves not just the apostles, but saves all peoples of all times. Uh, from the slavery and and the eternal death of sin, which culminated on that on the altar of the cross, but uh, uh, the mass itself uh, is, as I say, not only steeped in sacred scripture, uh, but the mass is the most perfect form of public worship. Uh, that uh, the Church is able to offer to Almighty God, uh, and uh, that's why 
without the mass, uh, it's it's difficult, if not uh, nigh unto impossible, to be the church, because as the Holy Eucharist is the source and the summit of our very lives as Catholics, the Holy Eucharist is confected within the context of the Mass at uh, that moment of the consecration of uh, the bread and wine, which are transubstantiated into the body and blood, true body and blood, soul and divinity of the Lord Christ, uh, for our salvation. Amen. And again, it's the supreme act of worship we human beings can offer to God uh, in this world. And that's why uh, the Mass itself is so crucial, so absolutely necessary uh, to the life of the Church. I love that, Bishop. And I think it's so important that we articulate that, as you just did, so, uh, so to put it in front of people that... Jesus said, this is my body given up, my blood poured out. Well, when did that happen? At Calvary. He made Calvary present for yeah. us for all eternity. And I, I like to say that even as I'm preaching on the Eucharist, is to say, just as we, the apostles and Mary was present at Calvary, well, now we get to be present there. The graces given at Calvary are now offered to us. And we can exactly. participate in that salvific moment to worship our Lord truly and really present to us at that offering. And I think about, um, you know, how important that is in my own, my own journey of conversion to this truth. Like, I, you know, I grew up Catholic and I received the Eucharist every Sunday. Uh, my family, you know, we believed in the, the real presence, I guess. You know, we didn't think about it or talk about it that much. Mm-hmm. But it became a part of our life, a ritual. But when I was in seminary, I really discovered, uh, almost for the first time, the, the depths of it being Calvary, of it being Jesus' death on the cross, that I participate and in, in commune with him who gave himself for me in love and for the forgiveness of my sins. And, and I wonder, you know, do you have a story of your own kind of journey of how you came to a deeper appreciation and love for the, the Holy Eucharist? Um, you know, kind of going I, off well, scripture to ask your own personal journey. Well, I, I do, and it, it, it began, I'm, I'm certain it began for me when I began serving Mass as a boy in grade school. And uh, to be in such close proximity uh, to the priest himself who is celebrating the Mass to be able to serve at Mass uh, and do that you know, with such regularity. Uh, you, that, so to speak, that reverence and that awe for what uh, you actually are doing and uh, when you receive our Lord in Holy Communion to know, you know, uh, you're in you are directly connected to him mm. when you receive holy communion and uh, not to want to receive holy communion when it's so readily available is is uh, unconscionable uh, i i can't imagine uh, not not you know uh, having the mass available and and holy communion available and again, as you know, you grow up and you come to a deeper and deeper understanding and appreciation for the Holy Eucharist, you also come to a greater and a clearer understanding of why the Church teaches what it does about how we must be properly prepared and disposed 
to receive our Lord in Holy Communion, uh, obviously free from all uh, mortal sins, uh, and, uh, you know, be uh, physically able, in other words, where there are no impediments in our lives, uh, to uh, uh, me uh, receiving our Lord in Holy Communion, and, uh, again, uh, it, it, it go, I go back to that, uh, the two dimensions of, of this sacrament and the other sacraments, uh, the personal and the communal. They can't be separated. Uh, and to try and do that is illegitimate, and it's just downright wrong. Uh, none of us are qualified to say, I'm personally uh, prepared to receive our Lord in Holy Communion, but then, you know, uh, have, having received him in Holy Communion, I conduct myself in such a way that just simply contradicts what I've just done uh, in receiving him. And so it's, uh, it, it's a response. It's, it's one of the highest privileges we Catholics have, but it's also an equally high responsibility that we have uh, when we present ourselves to him to receive him uh, in Holy Communion, that uh, we not only truly believe, but we fully understand and intend to practice what we believe when we receive him. And so oh. that's, uh, that's a great responsibility each of us has. Absolutely, Bishop. Absolutely, Bishop. Uh, once again, you're listening to Real Presence Live if you just tuned in. Thank you, uh, Bishop Kagan, for joining us this morning. We hope you have a wonderful oh, rest of the kind. day. Yeah. And Thank uh, you. My name is Nick Medelsky. I'm here with Father Jason Kern. We're broadcasting live from St. James Coffee here in Rochester, Minnesota. You're listening to Real Presence Live. After the break, we're going to talk to Nathaniel Binversi. Uh, he'll tell us how to pronounce his name <laughs> after the break, uh, who's perhaps best known for his work on Exodus 90. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence. 